Hello, it's Friday and uh, welcome to another episode of We Are Curious. It's, uh, it's been a great week and I'm happy this week comes with uh, a lot of positive news locally. Um, KNBS has finally done its thing. We finally have uh, the 2021 economic survey out. Uh, we've seen uh, um, some other good news uh, with Kenya being removed from, or rather downgraded from the list of high risk areas for piracy after 12 years. Yo. So finally, maybe we can see some uh, some good things when it comes to trade. My name is Ali Mwakaneno, your usual host, and I am sitting with another super host here. Uh, he's the host of a show called uh, Booths, Bears and Whiskey. That's a Wednesday night show where you get all your amazing, amazing data, deep dive discussion when it comes to various, various sectors. A show that you should definitely watch out for on the ESA show. Felix? You can also catch me on Markets Monday. My name is Felix Ocheng and I am I am joining Ali Mwakaneno on his podcast. <laughs> let me let me just say because you know without Ali we never we it would be hard to have a curious. But Ali, um, thanks a lot for um, bringing me on board. I think it's very interesting to see a lot of things have really happened um, this week. Starting first of all, just as you've mentioned, the economic survey. Uh, that KNBS, after a four-month delay, they actually brought this up, and there's a lot in, of data in terms of um, the GDP figures that we can uh, possibly touch over. But it's also very interesting just to see on what's likely to happen and how everybody out there is moving in terms of you know um, guys just giving the data out there that's happening. Then there's also the bit of markets. Uh, yesterday, I think we saw. Um, the Nasdaq drop for the first time in a very long while. And then it's also very interesting that, yes, we are finally safe waters. So, yeah, uh, okay, not really so safe because remember, whenever these sanctions are lifted, other guys coming on board, um, we might see the stock exchange in Somalia really um, jump up again. That's something that we'll really be talking about later on into this show. Back to you, Eddie. Yeah, something something else that uh, that happened this week, uh, rather controversial, was Bolt. Of course, uh, Bolt has added has added sorry, a new category of options, especially for uh, its female riders. Uh, you can now access female drivers, but then that came with an additional cost, and uh, that's definitely something that we're going to be talking. A higher additional cost to just just to mention, guys. It's not it's it's not it's not cheap. Cheap is expensive. But it's it's something we're definitely going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then maybe uh, internationally, what are you looking at, Felix? Globally, I think first thing. Okay, regionally, I think the first thing that we're probably looking at is um, Jumbojet has started flights to Koma um, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Very interesting to see onto that bit. Also, another thing is that we are seeing Rwanda partnering with IFC to develop a vaccine manufacturing plant. Something that's very interesting. And also, talking on to markets and data, Ukraine is actually joining a bit, um, is joining again into the uh, into the Bitcoin movement. And looking looks like um, Ukraine is going to legalize um, trading on BTC. Very interesting bit, Ali. And in case you in case you missed it, Ali, of course, uh, Ukraine was not the only um, big news when it comes to cryptocurrencies this week. We had. Uh, El Salvador. El Salvador. El Salvador uh, bought. Um, actually, El Salvador holds. Is it five hundred? I thought it was four hundred. Five hundred. They made it to five hundred, and then the moment they, they bought their bitcoins, it crashed. So yeah, and then the president came guns blazing and said, "Hey, it's IMF doing this." Yeah. Yeah, and maybe something that might have happened. Uh, Probably, I think this is more of the, the week before this that you might have missed that could be of interest. Of course, we're definitely not going to go into detail um, on this. Is that, hey, um, you, you probably didn't see this coming. Um, we have a TikTok partnership um, with, with the government. And um, um, I think uh, TikTok is partnering uh, with, uh, with the local government here to boost tourism, specifically around the wild beast migration. I, funny, uh, we're, struggling, we're struggling with this government to adopt a cryptocurrency and they're like, ah, nah, but then when it comes to, you know, emerging social media, they're there. I did not see this coming here. Anyway, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Felix, what do you want to start on? Maybe let's start up with where the flesh is. 
you know, let's talk about the, D, the, the GDP um, figures for the country. There's a lot of data that really came in last week. I thought we were sending uh, that for Wednesday. All right. Uh, but we can, <laughs> we, can, we can touch on it a bit mm-hmm. so that we can just see um, what really happened um, for guys who are probably looking onto this bit. Uh, so the GDP figures came out yesterday. The one thing that really stood out was um, the job losses. Sadly, in our country, we do not have jobless claims, you know, unlike the US where you can track a week-on-week change in terms of guys who are claiming for unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kenya, sadly, uh, you have to wait until, even if you're employed right now and you lose your job right now, okay, you're employed and you, lo- you lose your job. You know, the first thing that is going to come out is, you, even if you wanted to access um, your pension, it will be a challenge. There's been laws and regulations because with the Finance Bill 2021, there was the leeway where you can be able to access a certain percentage of your your retirement or your pension. Mm-hmm. But guys are not doing that because even looking at, look, looking at it from the employed guys, guys who've been in government for ages, somebody would tell you that their, their parent was probably working in, in, um, in the government for ages. And then what happened later is after a few years or after 25 years, 30 years in government, they, they would only receive a pension of about 25 or 40,000. So you'd imagine if it's somebody, or guys actually receive less. I've seen guys access um pension of 5,000 a month from NSSF. Jesus. Now you'd imagine if you wanted to access that claim at this, at this point, you probably only saved that NSSF for like say three or four years. What's that going to be? We saw for the first time in, in 2020, the last financial year, we saw 740,000 Kenyans lost jobs. 740,000. Yeah. Just, just, just this figure, Ali. Mm-hmm. We have 740,000 who were employed in 2019. And then through 2020, from January to December, we had 740,000 people. This is documented. Remember, there are those people who are, are, are undocumented. Especially in the informal sector. Yeah, in the informal sector. So we could, prob- we could probably be looking at as high as 2 million jobs lost over that period. What is, my, my question is, uh, of course, um, this, is, this, is, this is data um, that mostly leaning towards, towards the last year, yes? Yeah. Um, would, do you think we might have had uh, a few changes, especially now that we've seen that between last year and this year, especially uh, in, in the past uh, three, four months, we've, we've seen the country open up a little bit. So we've had um, people can finally fly in and out of the country. We've had restrictions of, well, we've had um, the, the ban on restriction of movements across different um, counties and into Nairobi has been lifted. Of course, uh, with time, the curfew was extended fr- uh, from, from, from 7 to, to, to 10. And uh, now we're, we're hoping that with the vaccine rollout and uh, the, the new entrants, especially in, in Kenya, like um, Moderna, apart from Astra, um, the country's going to open up a little bit. Do you think um, we might be able to recover fully from the job losses? Once we go tech, we never go back. You know, I think the, the quote says you know, something else, but keep, yeah, yeah, keep running yeah, with yeah, what you're exactly. writing. Like, come on. Let's say it, Ali. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of companies that have come in and have... Um, yeah. A lot of companies have adopted something else. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's very interesting. Companies have adopted tech and it's becoming a very, very big challenge. Look at it from a long-term perspective. We have companies, and an example is companies, let, let's look at it from Safaricom, which is one of the largest employers outside government. You know, if, if can you imagine if Safaricom used to have guys do um, physical marketing, and now they've gone digital and they've seen the levels of digital. First of all, the digital adoption in the country also went high. We saw other stuff like internet penetration in the country also rise. That means a lot of people have moved digital. Now look at it from a point of somebody who was going out and issuing fly, issuing flyers mm-hmm. um, to guys at in you know somebody walking door to door and telling guys you know what hey can I can I can I sign you up to the Safaricom Home Fiber or something like that just an example of Safaricom guys um, can you imagine right now Safcom has gone digital and they've seen these numbers rise what's the possibility that they would probably have more guys come in come come back in to do that campaign for them again. The likelihood is the company might scale down to that number 
and also we've seen a lot of other companies go remote. Um, I think for the first time we're seeing, we're seeing, not for the first time really, but if you look at it year on year, we're seeing that the the office spaces in, in Nairobi has also really grown, not because of, not just because of the constructions which have been happening because of guys really doing a lot of investment in real estate, but also look at it in terms of guys really going remote. Companies have learned that if we are not offering goods, then there's a high possibility that we can offer our service, you know, offline, mm-hmm. remotely. Companies, there, there, there are certain companies, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Andela is one of those companies that have had said that um, they're going fully remote. Yeah. And now we're looking at, now you'd imagine if you're no, you, you're no longer going to an office. So remember, if this company is not going to the office, then there's a cleaner there who's lost their job. You know, just a basic example. There's somebody there, there's a, there's a messenger who used to deliver newspapers daily to that office and now they do, not, they do not have a job. So if you're looking at these numbers, it trickles down to the lowest bit. But the effect and the likelihood that these numbers could be higher is still very high. And I do not see us going back into that level anytime soon. Because remember, a lot of companies have closed down. A lot of companies have closed shop. Uh, leave alone the guys who've gone remote, but there are a lot of guys who who've closed shop and most companies actually, for those companies that are still surviving, actually downsized. Do you think, um, of course, uh, with, uh, we, we've seen we've seen retrenchments all over the place uh, with uh, either some some businesses firing people because of reduced incomes, um, um, some jobs just becoming obsolete by the virtue of digital adoption. But then again, if you look at um, other aspects or other sections of the economic survey of 2021 released by the KMBS recently, we've seen a, a growth in a growth in a few select sectors. So for example, um, for example, we've seen slight growth when it comes to the to the construction sector. Um, the sector grew by 11.8% in 2020 compared to 5.6% in, in 2019. And uh, we've also seen some, a slight uptick in the financial sector, where the sector grew by five point six. Uh, well, I, it's not it's not an uptick. Correct me. Um, let me correct myself. The sector actually shrink. But then, um, with with the, the growth in say the, the construction sector, do you think that in as much as yes, we've lost a lot of jobs, and I'm sure the net job loss here is is. Uh, it's 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 a it's, it's a net negative here. Do you think uh, we might be able to recover some jobs in other sectors, so for example, construction, and also with digital adoption, there there's more hiring um, when it comes to specific skill sets like say programmers and developers and and all the people involved in um, the, the internet economy. I'd really say it's um it's it's, it's a long call to say that we would have um, it's a long shot to have to say that we're going to. Uh, have these numbers back to to where they are because you know most of these companies are downsized just as you've mentioned they looked at um going digital mm-hmm. and that's why we've seen for the first time the ict sector has really really grown over the past five years um and and look look at look looking at it from the data for last year the ict um, sector had one of the highest uh growth for for for, for our economy it's always been agriculture, and we're seeing agriculture really um, growing, but by very small figures as compared to the ICT mm-hmm. um, sector. And that just tells you, you know, Ali, if you're looking at it from an honest perspective, if 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 say ten people were, were going were advertising mm-hmm. using the flyers, right, and then right now you have one person who's sitting behind doing digital management, you know, you probably need two people. You need one guy who's doing graphic design. And then you'll need the other person who's doing the usual marketing. So eight people, that number has dropped considerably, considerably to two, two guys. So I really think it's still, it's still a long shot just to say that we would have these numbers reinstated uh, or probably have these numbers, you know, back to where they were earlier. Pretty much of a challenge to me, but I'd really love to know what you think. Uh, not much. I think um, something that maybe I would... <laughs> Bet on slightly is uh, also with uh, this year we've seen uh, the government take up quite an, a few a few huge projects. Of course, apart from uh, apart from the port construction, which which has been ongoing for the longest while, 
uh, we've seen that um, the government has really, really turbocharged its efforts when it comes to um, the, the, the expressway. And uh, I don't know, maybe I think maybe those might be those few areas that might take up Kenyans. But then honestly, um, Ali, come on. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's be honest. How many guys are there? how many guys are those guys looking? Hey, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to, to grasp on, uh, yeah. on 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 lead here. But then, if if honesty were of precedence here, we 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 all know that um, most of the job losses are not going to be recovered anytime soon. Yep, we alone, guys. Yeah, we're, we're on our own. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, like taxes are also coming in. Inflation is rising, and inflation and unemployment are two things that go hand in hand, and they are very, very bad. And thus, is the prophet of doom. I think, <laughs> Felix, um, let's let's look at something more more, more positive here, and. Um, the thing that I want to talk about here is, of course, um, Kenya being removed from the list of um, from the high risk list. Uh, what do you think this means for 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 for, for trade, for Kenya, in terms of? And I want to look at it at um, it, it, from from two angles. First of all, um, in terms of global shipping companies that would like to that would like to uh, bring products to Kenya, two. Uh, insurance when it comes to ships coming here, given that we've had a slight change. I wouldn't call it a slight change, but then I'd call it a vote of confidence towards the lower risk, especially uh, pertaining to piracy. Can we just say that, first of all, it's good for us to see that um, the, the level of piracy within the Kenyan coast has really reduced. And that's a very interesting bit, Ali. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's very it, it's an important bit that we're seeing these numbers really post a little bit of a decline. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also good because remember that we've been setting um, for the Lapset uh, project. We have the Lamu port, mm -hmm. which is now once completed would be one of the largest um, ports and and actually has the largest. It has the largest berth for for ships in Kenya, so actually, right, even even currently at this time, you you know that um, the berths that the president launched the other day are actually um, some of the best and some of the largest and most sophisticated in 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 Eastern okay Central Africa. Can we can we really mention them? Because <laughs> yeah, okay, let's say in, in East Africa. Right. And remember, Tanzania is really coming in hot on that bit. So when, when we're looking at this for Kenya, we know that um, for one of the things that really, really happened over time, we know that Somalia has been um, a major concern um, for guys. But I think we, we can also notice that the level of attacks from the Somalian waters have also really been challenged. Actually, we've had have, have zero, zero incidences, zero piracy incidences since 2017. That is um, close to four years of a, of a clean sheet, which is which is which is rather 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 impressive and uh, yeah, because now it looks like Guinea, which is very interesting. Guinea that, um, yeah, the Guinea that you guys have heard about in the news. Guinea is the most Guinea has the Gulf of Guinea has the most pirated waters in the world at this time. At this time, yeah, yeah. So and, um, and then some of the things that guys never really know is can you guys imagine that some places like Singapore. Singapore comes third when you look at that list in, in some of the most pirated waters. Can you imagine that, Ali? Right. One of the world's largest financial centers is coming in as one of the most pirated waters as well. But I think it's because of the isolation of Singapore. It makes it a very nice target. Not telling, guys, please, <laughs> I'm not telling you guys to start listening or, or probably start looking at, you know, ideas of, don't get any idea, guys. Yeah, you know, you, you talked about uh, you talked about the Lamu port and uh, also like two days ago we had we had news regarding regarding that and it's that uh, the Kenya Port Authority was um, seeking seventeen point four billion um, to buy equipment and complete construction of uh, two baths at the at the port of Lamu. It's actually borrowing twelve point four billion from 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 local. Um, local and foreign banks 
and uh, 3.2 billion is going to go to the completion of the construction of the baths that are of, of the works at the port that are that's still not yet operational. And uh, also some of the money is going to go to the purchase of marine equipment. Uh, 6.1B is going to go to yard operations. And um, the, the remaining five, 5 billion is going to, is going to come from um, internal sources. I mean, what I think, I, th I think it's a, it's a hard figure mm -hmm. because let me, let me give you guys the impression um, in case you're looking at this for the first time, guys, I did a little bit of research on maritime waters and and you'd actually note that Lamu project, the Lamu port, um, and, and how international waters really put it, for there, there's a website that is known, there's a, a group of guys who call themselves international waters, mm -hmm. and they, they say that um, Lamu port is struggling, it's, it's a new facility, struggling to attract shipping lines and so why are we looking on to building more projects or looking at you know investing in more products or more areas that are likely to to probably have um, a drop in terms of earnings it's like we're working on white elephants and what? that's a major challenge because we're looking at this remember that earlier on it's not that this is the first time mm -hmm. i feel like you know like um the lamu ports we, we know it already has a loan on it, mm -hmm. and we want to add more of this. $157 million, guys, looking at this in terms of loan, I think it's, 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 it's quite a, um, a big challenge. And for investors, it, it would be something to really consider before you want to, you know, um, look into it. But then we know that um, on the breakdown, uh, $55 million will be going towards um, the purchase of yard operation equipment. Um, $45 million will be going towards general equipment, security, and ICT installation, and $29 million in completion of the construction works, and finally $28 million in marine um, equipment. So, Question pretty Felix. much of a challenge. Question, Felix. Yes. Um, a huge part of the Lamu Port, uh, rather the business that was supposed to uh, sort of uh, come from the port was mostly transshipment, yeah? Yeah. Uh, from uh, Ethiopia and uh, South Sudan. From and to Ethiopia. From and to Ethiopia and South Sudan. With the current development of, you know, um, first of all, uh, the relationships between uh, between these countries, the internal wrangles happening in countries like Ethiopia, the infrastructure connectivity between, you know, Lamu and Lamu all the way to northern Kenya and towards the borders of these countries. Do you think this is something that we can look into within the short midterm? It's, I think it's pretty much of a challenge. I, I really don't know, but maybe guys, uh, you know, it would really be interesting to get the ideas for investors. But why do you think, yes, we know that um, the Gulf of Aden is also one of the most pirated waters. Actually, in Africa, after Guinea, Gulf of Aden comes in second as as the most um, pirated water, um, the second most pirated water in the world. Now, and you know, uh, in case you don't know where the Gulf of Aden is, that is the Horn of Africa, the place that now links all the way to um, to Egypt. Now, that's to, uh, through the Suez Canal. Now, we're looking at this now, Ali. Mm -hmm. Djibouti, um, Eritrea, sorry, not Djibouti. Eritrea has come in handy and has actually um, offered Eritrea and Djibouti the two countries have, have been um, maritime harbor for a lot of imports that go that go through um, that that go into Ethiopia, mm -hmm. and, and and it's actually Djibouti that has been the top. Eritrea comes in second in that bit, but unless somebody is importing something from the southern bit, and that would be South Africa, Mozambique, Tanzania, it might really be a challenge to convince somebody that they need to come to Lamu and not go into you know, uh, they'd come to Lamu not go to Djibouti. Djibouti, for example. Yeah, and I think that was that was a plan. That was a plan with uh, with the government here. And also, man, the distance is so long. How, how long are we talking about? Do you know? Because um, um, something that, as as of course you check that out, uh, something the Kenyan government was was planning was uh, was to market the Lamu port to 
treat to Ethiopian traders mostly. And uh, get this, the idea of uh, marketing uh, Lamu port to, to, to Ethiopian was riding on the entry of Kenyan companies into, into the country. So, of course, we're looking at uh, Kenyan's activity up there when it comes to drilling and uh, Safaricom when it comes to uh, Safaricom Ethiopia. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. Um, in, in, in my opinion, um, it's. I don't know. It, it I sounded from. We're looking like, at from um, from from Lamu all the way to 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 the Ethiopian border is eight hundred and eighty um, kilometers of road, mm-hmm. and we know that from Djibouti to Ethiopia, it's less than two hundred kilometers. Right. I think. I don't know. We still. There's still, there's still a lot of questions because also remember, look, Ethiopia, Ethiopia started, or rather Ethiopia put in uh, more infrastructure work to, towards its connection with Djibouti when it comes to like putting in um, the, the railway infrastructure, for example, in, in 2018. And I'm talking about January 2018. And that this is when like Lapset was, was already ongoing in as much as we've had assurances from the Ethiopian ambassador to Kenya. Uh, there's still there's still there's still a lot a lot of question. And um, like something that's uh, something that people or rather are looking into is the fact that Ethiopia is Ethiopia is of course a big a big country. The population is you know close to twice of, of Kenya and uh, they were saying that the southern part of Ethiopia especially um, in as much as, you know, um, we're looking at the distance here, the southern part of Ethiopia is closer to, to the Lamu port. Ali, it's, it's very interesting. And let me just give guys uh, updated figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the port of Djibouti to the Ethiopian border, mm-hmm. it's pretty less. It's about um, 270 kilometers. Ethiopian border, we're talking about... Uh, like that's the northern. The no, northern. Yeah. Okay. And then from the port of Djibouti to Addis, um, Addis Ababa is 899 kilometers mm-hmm. and then now look at it from look, keep looking at it now from the Kenyan bit mm-hmm. the, the distance from the port that is from Lamu to Addis is 1200 so about a difference of about 400 kilometers oh, um, like looking at it in terms of time should be a distance of about 8 hours mm-hmm. um, a, a normal difference the only thing which can actually make um Lamu port really successful is if we have a lot of um, piracy attacks continue at the Gulf of Aden, now with the green light, um, with, with a safer spot, <laughs> guys might consider um, accessing the goods through the port of Lamu because, you know, um, piracy is also very expensive. Felix, that doesn't sound like, uh, you know, the sort of thing that you want to buy, to, to, to guys, I still for. need to pass through Addis, yeah, so... Guys in Ethiopia, please, yeah. On a, on a business point of view, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like something that you should you know we should look. Up okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking at it from a geopolitical aspect. Right. But if you're looking at it from a business side, mm-hmm. I, I think it doesn't make sense. Can you imagine somebody coming from China, for example? How? Just look at it. What's the viability? You're coming from China, and then you probably want to you know bring in your 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 stuff and. You, you're being told you have to bring it all the way. You have to go, even look, look at it from sea. Mm-hmm. You have to spend another extra probably 400 kilometers, you know, mm-hmm. rather than you just going straight to the Gulf of Aden. Doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Unless you're probably bringing in something from areas like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, um, Thailand, or maybe Sri Lanka, or, or Southern Africa, bit South Africa, Eswatini, Mozambique, Tanzania, or Madagascar. I still think it's way viable to use the port of Djibouti if you're going into um, into into Ethiopia. But also remember that we've had a lot of challenges early. We've seen Northern Ethiopia really um, having a lot in terms of um, destabilization, and that's why the port of Eritrea has not really been um, supportive. Has has actually had a challenge bringing in stuff because remember the main route that comes from the port of Eritrea has to go through Mekele and mm-hmm. and Mekele is a troubled region right now. And um, I, I'm happy you actually mentioned China because hey it also happens to be uh, 
Ethiopia's top export partner. So it's China, Saudi Arabia, United States, UAE, and then Israel. So um, where are we? Where are we, guys? Yeah. Where are we? Well, um, <laughs> I I don't know. Can um, we make friendship with 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 Addis the way we make um, the way we have we are friends with with Kampala? I'd really love to see areas where you know we we can't. Okay, no, that would be being too political. I'm 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 happy you've walked in and walked into that one without me having to touch it. Felix, moving on. Um, now that we were, you've discussed a little bit about uh, conflict happening in, uh, in Ethiopia, let's circle back to Kenya. Uh, two weeks ago, I think, we talked about the Laikipia bond and uh, something that I'd just like to maybe run by you shortly. We've, uh, we've seen that Laikipia has met, uh, has met the, the, Kenyan, the Kenyan headlines and not in a good way. We've seen uh, violence happening up there. And uh, do you think this will affect uh, the performance of the Laikipia bond that we're waiting for? Can we just say it's um, the operation, the security operation in Laikipia mm-hmm. uh, started in, it came in too early. Um, not really too early, too early in terms of, you know, too early in terms of waiting for it to get out of hand. Right. But it's coming at a good time for investors who, who might have wanted to invest in that one. Remember that earlier on, um, CGR ratings gave Laikipia one of the, st- a stable um, bond valuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the South African firms say that uh, th- there's a lot of reforms, including Laikipia bringing in um, KRA to help them in tax collection. Right. Uh, it's, it's a really good thing, but remember security is always one of the best things because uh, can you imagine if, 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 if you want to invest in an area and KRA can't get to that place because they cannot, um, even if, it is, if it's in terms of business permits, how many guys would probably be applying for those business permits if they're not sure that their business is going to perform? But I think the Laikipia Conservancy is, the area that is um, in question is quite a very small area. It's just about 360, 360 um, square kilometers. So still pretty much of a small bit, but we'll be able to look at it. Let's, let's probably say it's, it's, it's in the first week, right? Uh, since the interior CES announced that there's an operation in Laikipia, but when the company, when when the when the county gets to issue the bond, then I know these are some of those analyses that guys will probably be looking at raising before they can have this um, brought up to them. When when is the county issuing the bond? Do you do you know the date? Nope. Okay, I think that's something that maybe we, we can possibly pursue and inform guys in the next session. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, before before I talk about this, eh? do you remember that earlier um, the government was asking um, what what do we call this? The government was asking uh, what's what's the name of it? this governmental organizations? Why is it escaping me? Jesus, you should go back to writing news. State corporations, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, state corporations to uh, remit extra cash. Well. Um, a few days ago, well, we we had uh, we had KAA announcing that it's actually seeking a, a cash bailout from the treasury uh, because of its piling debts, and uh, the managing director say that uh, say that uh, the decision for for the for the treasury to uh, sort of take up surplus cap- cash. From 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 the from the authority left it broke and unable to settle its debts with with, with the suppliers. Do you think do you think a um the decision to take up the surplus cash was was a good decision? Can we first say that it's disappointing to see that the Kenya Airports Authority is coming out and saying that yes, we are um, in debt. You really, know? why? Why is why is that so? Because you know, earlier on there was a proposal by Parliament to have um, KAA and Kenya Airways, you know, merged. Mm-hmm. Um, not really merged, but to have um, was it what was it called a special a holding company, a holding company, an SPV. It was, it was I, I can't remember. What and, and KAA would actually have um, 
uh, an SPV with Kenya Airways. Mm-hmm. Were we going to match two loss-making entities? Because remember earlier on, a lot of guys had assumed that KAA was on the positive vibe, you know. So it looks like we're not really going to be in a safe space. But remember, also for KAA, they're saying that the biggest liability which they have is the 17.6 billion a joint venture that they were actually doing with a Chinese com- and Chinese um, two Chinese companies. We have um, Annie Construction Engineering Group and China Aerotech um, Corporation, which they um, KAA had cancelled the Greenfield Terminal project mm-hmm. which they were doing, and so this is actually a fine that they've been fine. It's, it's a contractual agreement which they had. Yeah. And now the contract is getting back to them. You know, it's very sad and it's very interesting to see that for a project that you didn't do, um, a project that wasn't completed, we're seeing this getting into KAA. Um, we had a lot of hopes that KAA was really um, one of those um, parasitals that were being managed, um, saying some positive edge. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I don't know if this, how, when did this really get in? Was it after uh, the, the former CEO left? And remember that the former CEO for um, K, the managing director, had a lot of concerns with the merger between, with the SPV bringing in uh, the companies together. And that is that, according to his resignation letter, that is one of the reasons why he was leaving. According to the company, when he left, he said he, 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 he didn't believe that uh, bringing in KAA and um, and KQ would actually have them jump back to profitability. Actually, yeah, KA was uh, KA had had a fairly stronger balance sheet in in comparison. And here. remember, Ali, just before you finish this, it's so sad that KRA has slapped KA with a four point two billion tax claim. KRA, KAA, Jesus, Kenya Revenue Authority, you guys need to stop. But okay. remember, Kulipa Ushuru. <laughs> Away from the shed. Um, Felix, uh, back, back to something that you said. Um, earlier you said that KA, actually, yes, KA has, or rather had, um, one of the strongest balance sheets uh, in comparison to other parastatals. And um, say in, in, in December 2019, I think they gave Treasury around uh, 12 billion in, yeah, in special yeah. dividends. Yeah, and something, yeah. that, something that he'd had, apart from, of course, um, what 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 you discussed with regards to to the merger was in their credit um, the grounding of flights because of COVID nineteen, and uh, I I usually don't make excuses for government parastatals, but but then of course um, with with the fri- with the freezing commercial commercial flights um, for the major part of of, of last year, KA expected a hit. And is, there, the fact that is, there, is there any, any airline that probably um, didn't pay for the landing rights? Because those are some of the things that we need to know because major airlines usually pay for, 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 for the landing spot. And I know one of the reasons that some global major airlines um, posted losses is because they were still paying for some of these um, landing rights, mm-hmm. the landing slots, despite um, not really flying into, into certain regions. Right. And... I don't think KQ was paying, to be honest, guys. Yeah, but well, KQ, KQ needs to pay KA seven point five billion. So KQ needs to pay KA. Oh my God! Now Ali, KA had given um, to the treasury about twelve point five billion. Mm-hmm. Remember that the the fine um, that that uh, that the two Chinese companies are actually giving KA here is at seventeen point six billion. Mm-hmm. With the twelve point five billion that um, the government took in. In, in, in 2019, give it one year and say that it probably be around um, 13, 13 point, let's give it a usual rate, because we know most of these parasitals are actually investing in these securities, um, the, the funds um, in fixed income securities. Mm-hmm. Give it a 10% rate, 12.5 billion. We are seeing the returns probably at say 13.7 billion. If you give it the, the liability that they have, which is 17.6 billion, KA would still probably have a deficit of about 13, or about 3 billion. Right. So yeah, uh, but at least it would have been better. So, and and it's, it, it also brings into concern just how many other parastatals or or government institutions out here uh, into certain liabilities that we do not know about. It would be interesting to see just for Kenya Pipeline. Um, it would be interesting to just see 
to what exposure that company has. And also remember other companies, other loss-making entities that were supposed to be listed like National Oil of Kenya, we would just want to see. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm happy you talked about, you talked about uh, interest rate here. Well, since that's not happening, we've seen that um, K actually announced that it's accruing interest on pending bills to the tune of up to 12 million a month. So I guess that's that's more bad news for you, Felix. Um, maybe moving moving on to, to something else. Uh, moving on to something else. Uh, I think our last thing for Kenya as we move towards um, regional areas, of course, is what happened with Bolt. So uh, uh, as as we've seen on um, on the Kenya Kenyan social media space, we've had a high 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 number of complaints when it comes to um, car hailing drivers, uh, mostly from both, at least from what I've seen. Uh, and uh, we've seen uh, quite a number of harassment cases. And then the company, I think a few days ago, decided to um, ameliorate the situation by um, introducing a category of female drivers. And uh, I think I'll let Nicole, who is the woman in, on this show, to, to talk about it more. The lady. The lady on this show. <laughs> Apologies, my lady. Mm-hmm. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Yes, welcome to the show. Thank you. So just to comment about the Bolt issue, I mean, Bolt already has a bad rep, so it isn't a surprise that the solution they were trying to give people received a lot of backlash. One way to look at it is that they're trying to insinuate for women to to, to feel safe, we have to pay more. Mm-hmm. But another way to look at it is that they're actually listening to uh, complaints and trying to make us feel safer by providing a women-only service. So, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Ali? I feel like... Okay, so the idea was the idea was to provide um, to provide a safer uh, platform or a safer platform for women. Yeah. And um, I don't think the approach was really, really the best. It was as simple as putting more protective mechanisms to ensure that a, we can uh, or they can hold the drivers accountable yeah. uh, in, in case incidences do arise. B, uh, take more proactive steps into making sure that they can easily detect incidences or clients or drivers, I don't know whoever's affected here, can uh, as easy report incidences as they happen to avoid, uh, to, 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 to avoid these things from happening. Um, happening to begin with because I feel like having like the, having female drivers is I, I don't see any fault in that but then charging more is yeah. is, exactly. is, is the issue that's exactly here. what I was about to say Ali you know Bolt is here mm-hmm. and they're technically telling you and you know and, and let me say like as a man we don't have issues for that men. Never ends well. no, like, <laughs> no, like Ali, you know, we never have issues of men being assaulted out here. Yeah. Not really issues. We never just have the publicity. But then, can you imagine? You're being, you're basically being told as a man, you can, you handle whatever it is as a man. For ladies, if you can't handle paying the lower cost, then you need to pay premium to access your safety. You know, and also remember that we've seen a lot of issues. There are a lot of issues with Bolt, man. I, I, I don't want to go personal, but come on, guys. That was not the approach. Why is it? Why You know, the basic question that somebody asked yesterday on, on Twitter is, why is it only Bolt? Mm. Do we have Good Uber question. drivers? Yes, I know we've, we've seen incidences where Uber drivers, but why is it that Bolt is always on the top? If you look at this, if you look at the list in terms of where you might probably see your phone lost, your items lost, a driver probably charging excess, you know, they do weird things with their app. Come on, really? Weird things. Doesn't make sense. But I think um, it, it, it's very unfair. I think it's, it's a little bit, um, it's quite unfair for the company to charge more for safety. This, this should be a, a corporate practice where they should, first of all, have to train their drivers. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that somebody said is that Uber really does a lot by just educating their, their drivers. And that's why a driver would be very cautious on Uber because they know that Uber can take a lot in terms of actions. 
And because somebody said this, that, that a driver would have both the Uber app and they would have the Bolt app as well. But the way they treat you when you order through Bolt is not the same way they treat you when you order through probably Uber. Proactive, proactive, proactivity. That's all I have to say. Very sad. Moving on, moving on, moving on regionally. Tanzania, Samia Suluhu. Congratulations uh, to the Tanzanian uh, legislators for ratifying the African free trade Africa continental free trade area. Jesus, this word is so long. Felix, after one year, still the FCFTA is, is still something that I, I, I mess around with. Remember, then, remember when we we're talking about this, when they all took a picture somewhere and they said, you know what, we're going to have this. Right. We're still one year and guys are still looking for signatures. Um, well, technically, in, um, in, in, in our defense, Eritrea is the only country that's yet to join the FCFTA. We're looking so, on to making it official and everybody starting to use the regulations that's around. Trading, trading under, actually trading under the, the, the FCFTA started well, on paper at on least. On paper, yeah. But January, January 1st, 2021. Yes, but that, that is on paper. That is on paper. Yeah. Of course, there are, there are a number of concerns. There are a number of concerns to be answered here. First of all, um, maybe just giving, giving up our new listeners a tidbit. So, um, the, the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement is expected to sort of connect countries within the uh, the, the continent uh, with a total GDP of around 3.4 trillion USD. Yeah, uh, we're looking at opening up new jobs of up to the tune of to the tune of um, two million. The market size is going to explode all the way to 1.2 1.2 billion. Yeah, and um, Apart from just improving, you know, the movement, improving trade between different African countries through one, um, providing favorable policy. Uh, of course, we're going to have uh, things like uh, standardization when it comes to the quality of goods and services that can pass across Africa. We're going to have things like a joint infrastructure project that will allow um, businesses to easily move their products within. Uh, it's also going to allow Africa or other African countries to negotiate as one front when it comes to dealing with externalities, which caveat enter, of course, uh, is not happening since we've had um, a few bilateral agreements here and there. In as much as trading under the FCFTA took, uh, took effect on the 1st of January 2021, there are a lot of questions we need to answer. There are a lot of questions when it comes to, so what happens when when um, two, two African countries have a conflict of interest in terms of their exports, how do we harmonize the, the different standards? Of course, um, we've had, we, we, had, we have like crazy insane differences when it comes to the investment, for example, in infrastructure, um, in this case, road, rail, air infrastructure across, across different countries. And, in case you want to really get the, the picture, look at countries like DRC versus, say, Kenya. You, you, there's a huge, huge difference. In as much as, yes, um, we're discussing policy, in as much as, yes, we're promising um, inter-country inter -country cooperation, there are a lot of things that we need to do on the ground. And hey, I know this is a mouthful, but then we're, we're, we're planning something here at Hisa and the Kenyan Wall Street. Uh, we'll be hosting a few Twitter spaces in the in the short in the short term future that will break down um, the business opportunity in in Africa. Of course, uh, that will break down the business opportunity in uh, in Africa, and uh, of of course the, the the trading room is taking like a huge point in this. And uh, we're going to start the discussion from what's happening around around the ESC with you know our new boys around the block like DRC Congo. What what are some of the harmonizations? What are some of the conflicts that we've had um, in terms of, for example, ratifying key trade agreements with externalities like the UK? We've seen a lot of uh, push and pull between Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania when it comes to that. And how can how can countries in the ESC sort of work in synergy with uh, the, the collective African region here um, through the FCFTA? Of course, that's something that is cooking and I will update you on how that goes. Um, yeah. 
Ali, why has Ethiopia, has Eritrea failed to to sign the, the after? Uh, probably have to ask someone in Eritrea, I don't know yet. But I think we need to, <laughs> maybe one of the things we need to talk about is also about the authoritarian, if that's how you call it, yeah. Right. Um, governance that we have in Eritrea. It's a presidential system, but it's it's more, you know, the president is basically everything. He can dissolve parliament, he can, he can, do they even have a parliament? Jesus. Mm-hmm. In, in, in mother tongue, anyway. Um, but, but it's interesting. I think it would just be interesting to just see does he want to be like, you know, make history as Eritrea was the last country to join? You know, come on, man. Mm-hmm. If Egypt has joined, if Uganda of all countries has joined. Ali, do you have anything on Uganda? And it's been do, long before we talked do, anything about Uganda. No, and let's not touch it. <laughs> I think some, some a country that we can look at as, uh, as of course, I, I, I think of ways to answer your question in Eritrea is Rwanda. And uh, we've had uh, we've had a few developments with Rwanda and the vaccine, Felix. Well, guys, in case you're wondering, the African unicorn country, if we were to say it something like that, the African good kid, the best kid on the block, Rwanda, is out there and it's making moves. Do you have a paid partnership with them? Do you have those visit Rwanda T-shirts? Oh no, 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 no. Right. No, I, I don't want to go personal the way um, the president did the other day on the visit Rwanda stuff. Mm-hmm. But guys, um, here's something that you need to know. Um, Rwanda is developing. Rwanda has actually partnered with 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 um, one of the largest vaccine manufacturers in the world to you know bring Africa bring um, vaccines by setting up a vaccination a vaccine manufacturing hub in the country. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think it's actually, you know, um, a very huge challenge that we're seeing some of these things going into. Well, it's good to see other countries, but man, we're missing in, you know. We are missing in a lot, and I think this is one of the, uh, this is one of the largest challenges that we actually could be facing as various, um, as, as, as various countries within the East African region. This should have gone to Uganda in my opinion. Remember, Uganda has one of the largest medical hubs. We have companies like um, the CIPLA, you know, in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, let's run that pick up from somewhere. Um, we're looking at this, and I know there's also um, the International Finance um, IFC, which is also coming in to, uh, to you know, support Rwanda in developing the vaccine manufacturing facility. And this would also help in in, 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 you know, um, minimizing the vaccine shortage, which has been a concern for Africa. Remember that earlier on there was a report that in Africa the vaccination rate currently is at about 3%, and we're seeing other countries as high as 90%, and 90, actually 98%. And this also comes with, you know, um, we're looking at other countries having this higher. Remember uh, President Joe Biden in the US said that vaccination is now, um, Ali, how do you call it? Uh, well, vaccination for a select number of workers is mandatory. Well, which I think which will put the, the vaccination numbers in the US to at least 100 million. This is uh, against a population of, um, I think, around 308 million last, last time I checked. 328 million in, in 2019. So um, Biden is going heavy on, 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 on vaccination, pushing for uh, the vaccination of at least a third of the country. Um, to answer your question, Eritrea Felix, um, what we have out there is that the government of Eritrea, the government of Eritrea's hesitance towards the FCFTA is that um, it believes, this is a stance that they've held since 1994, it believes that um, um, we should focus on incremental or achievable results which include nurturing first the building blocks or the regional, um, the regional economic. Um, so yeah, um, Ethiopia is holding back because it believes that Africa should focus on first nurturing the regional economic blocks. It's more 
achievable, at least according to the government. Of course, uh, we, we definitely have to dig, dig more about that. Felix, we, there's something that you mentioned here, and uh, which is which is Biden and uh, and, and vaccination. Um, you're 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 the market expert here. Do you think um, do you think uh, the fact that Biden has ordered employees of big businesses to be to to be to be vaccinated um, or or face uh, or, or or go for testing is going to? I mean, it's definitely going to ramp up the number of vaccinations going up. What do you think this will mean for vaccine stocks as we move towards um, the closing of this podcast um, when we touch on global markets? Very interesting. I think this would be a positive vibe. And remember, guys are looking at more of economic data and also the vaccine um, data. It's really interesting to see just the effect they're having on health stocks. But I know that's something we'll definitely be able to catch up with next week on Wednesday. Definitely. And then... Um, Maybe uh, something, something, something else that we're looking at. Yo, me, I didn't see this coming. Forget El Salvador. El Salvador had already started the Bitcoin craze somewhere in the middle of the year. So um, them purchasing 500 Bitcoin is, uh, is, is, is definitely not a surprise. Felix, um, what do you think, what do you think is happening with, with Ukraine? And of course, this is our last thing uh, in this discussion. Um, what do you think, um, will be the effect of Ukraine legalizing Bitcoin? Well, guys, um, first of all, let me tell you guys, uh, let, me, let, me, let, let me just give you guys a bit of an overview. Is that Ukraine, I really don't see anything going to happen big. Really? Because we saw, we saw what happened with Turkey. Do you remember when Turkey banned Bitcoin? And the valuation for... Um, BTC went red. The valuation for Bitcoin and look at it in terms of comparing this to, uh, to you know the, the just give, give it give it a if you try and look at the Ukrainian, let me just figure out how they call their currency. It, it's a bit challenging, guys. They're calling it Ukrainian Havinia against one Bitcoin. As you look into that, um, it's, it it could take you um, one. 10 million Ukrainian uh, just to get one, to get, let me just get one Bitcoin. But then one, one Bitcoin is an equivalent of 1,213,788 Ukrainian having. Felix, don't you find that a little bit duplicious, especially when you compare one BTC to Kenyan shilling? Or let me make it sweeter for you, Ugandan shilling. Ugandan shilling. See, we're in a worse position already, okay? Uh, oh, actually, you know, if you want to buy one Bitcoin in Uganda shilling, guys, you need a basket. You need you, you, you need you need a whole bag. No, <laughs> because, to because go okay, let me just give guys the number, Ali. Right. You need 160 million, 62,286. Ugandan shillings to buy one Bitcoin. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Can you repeat that again? 160 million, 60, 62,286 Ugandan shillings. <laughs> right. To get one Bitcoin. Can you imagine like you are, you are a millionaire all of a sudden in Uganda and then shoo, <laughs> money's left. And yeah. Felix, um, maybe I, like an, an update that I'd, I'd love to, to give you guys. Um, Ukraine, Ukraine uh, just kind of bumps us up. Of course, it's not. Uh, it's uh, Ukraine has legalized Bitcoin. Um, Cuba, Cuba announced that it will recognize and uh, and regulate cryptocurrency. Of course, um, El Salvador adopted BTCS legal tender, and uh, Panama is considering it. They presented a bill to legalize BTC. Pretty much interesting, guys. Uh, let's just say Bitcoin. Let's. It's a long discussion on Bitcoin. It's a long discussion on cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. But also remember the effect that it had on on El Salvadorians on the day that um, that they actually adopted it. The guys who sold in the morning, you you had somebody buy your Bitcoin in the evening. It was down ten percent. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So pretty much of a challenge. Yeah, I think uh, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, maybe Felix, I don't think I have something else uh, from 
from, from my end. Maybe as we wrap up the podcast, uh, maybe we'll open the floor a little bit for guys on Twitter and Telegram in case they have yep. any questions for, or comments. For the guys on Twitter or on Telegram, you can you can definitely just let me know. Um, raise your hand if you want to comment on something and I'll let you speak. The same happens with our, our guys who join joining in on Telegram. Okay, I can see there's none. Um, so, guys, I guess that's it. It's been an awesome session having you guys on board. Uh, always thank you for joining in during the Curious sec- um, session. Uh, and see you guys on Monday as we talk about Markets Monday. And also, we'll be able to see you guys again as we talk about um, Bulls, Bears and Whiskey on, on Wednesday. Of course, uh, definitely, this podcast was brought to you by Isa. That's where you want to get your latest market data. That's when you want to get all those trendy charts. And uh, and that's where you'll be wanting to trade on U.S. stocks soon enough. My name is Ali Mwakaneno. This show was co-hosted by Felix Ochiang and uh, the almighty Nicole. See you next Nicole time. Nicole Maya. Bye-bye.